This podcast is proudly brought to you by the National Youth Fellowship of Leeward Gospel Mission. to welcome us once more to this um, wonderful opportunity in the presence of God. I want to believe that you have had a wonderful day in the presence of God and wherever you were able to worship, whether in your house, online, on any form of um, social media, or you were able to actually get into a physical fellowship, wherever you are, we bless God for that opportunity. I want to welcome you once more tonight to um, a very wonderful package that the Spirit of God has prepared for us. The music that we just heard, you know, before now, which is also 
rolling at the background is that of our very wonderful brother, Brother Jude, and um, he goes by the name Jepreis, wonderful worship song, it's titled, He Reigneth Forever, and that's just um, a wonderful song to appreciate God for His mercies upon us. He reigns forevermore. Let us have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for another moment. We thank you for another time to dig deep into your understanding, to seek to grasp a little, you know, that you will allow us to have as mortal men. And we ask, O oh God, that you open to us your understanding. We ask, O oh God, that you open to us your wisdom and knowledge in the name of Jesus. We also ask, O oh God, that the spirit behind the words be revealed and, and opened up that every one of us who comes in contact with the word will also come in contact with the spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, this evening I, I'm going to share with us something that excites me so much. There is so much about God for us to know and understand, to reap from, to eat from. God is eternal. God is beyond our um, comprehension. And um, tonight the topic says the preeminence of Christ. I actually wanted to start it from last week because it's going to be a three or four part series but um, the urgency of the time um, for the urgency of the time I had to um, divert you know by the burdens of my spirit to talk about how we could redeem the time in, during this lockdown which is a general thing now in the over the nation and we are trusting God that the lockdown comes to an end soon. Okay, so if you didn't partake of that um, um, word last week, we received lots and lots of feedback on on the power of God you know, through that word. But if you didn't partake of it, we are going to release a link where you can get it um, um, streamed from your device or downloaded as you may want. It's usually not very large. And I encourage you to do so. It will be of help to you. Okay, if you will just turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, we are going to read from verse 13, and this week we are talking about the preeminence of Christ, and like I said some seconds ago, it's going to be a three or four part series as the Spirit of God will lead us, but tonight, something very exciting is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, and um, if you are there, I'm going to start reading i want to particularly use the new king james version tonight he says he delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of love into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, that in heaven and on earth, invisible and visible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, okay, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or in heaven, 
having made peace through the blood of his cross. Praise the Lord. I'm going to just stop at verse 20 there. There are some wonderful things. When we talk about preeminence, um, we are talking about the total power and control, the total um, exaltation, you know, that Christ has in all things. Okay, he, he is not just in charge, but he is actually in power. So for anything to operate in its own level and at, at its own power, it does that by receiving power from Christ. <laughs> this is dicey because some powers are actually evil and um, very mundane. But let us remember, the scripture says that, um, he is the light that lighted all light in his eyes and light in the functions of his mind. Christ is the light that lighted every man that comes into the world. So uh, that's a brief picture of the preeminence of Christ. Many people do not recognize this and not recognizing it is the, the real trick behind um, not fellowshipping in that eminence, not fellowshipping or subscribing to what he is doing. And so uh, um, there is a call to us tonight to you know get to learn about the preeminence of Christ. So we are going to look at this scripture just step by step and see some very wonderful um, things that God will, has locked up in this scripture. And as we progress by the grace of God, it will all become clear and turn out to be um, the picture that God has in mind will begin to become clear to us. So the first thing we find is that the kingdom belongs to his dear son, to his beloved son. Okay, yes, he delivered us from the power of darkness and he conveyed us into the kingdom of his beloved son or the son of his love or his dear son as some versions will put it. So the Christ we are talking about, he owns the kingdom. Oh, this is powerful. He owns the kingdom. The Christ we are talking about, he owns the kingdom. It is the kingdom of his dear son. It is the kingdom of his beloved son. So the height and depth and all the parameters and every of the boundaries is defined by Christ and owned by Christ. So I'm going to come back find a, 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 one more time to that um, concept of the kingdom of his dear son. And in Christ we also have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. So he owns the kingdom and it is through his blood that we have redemption. The words of his redemption, of course every one of us who comes to Christ came through words. Words were communicated to us and um, um, we, we faith grew in us as the word was spoken and then we came to Christ. The word of his redemption is, is potent by reason of the blood. It is words that we hear but it is blood that washes us. Praise God. So in him we have redemption through his blood. And that redemption is actually the forgiveness of our sins. We are talking about Christ being preeminent in everything. And this is going to pan out in a very wonderful way as we, we move on. He is the image of the God that can't be seen. Okay, you remember that in John chapter 1, the, 
the Bible, John actually recorded that this word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Now, it is impossible for man to stare in the face of God. It is impossible for man to look upon the form of God. He cannot be approached by mortality. But the Bible says that Jesus became to us the image the visible image of an invisible God. So every time he was beheld, every time he was looked upon, that was man looking upon God. It was an unimaginable um, feat. It was an unimaginable uh, opportunity for a man to behold the face of God, behold the shape and form of God. But there he was, standing right in front of them. And you know what happened? He asked him, when are you going to show us the Father? And he said, I mean, I've been with you all this while. You're still looking for the Father. I am the Father, and the Father is in me. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 1 that um, God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. The Bible now says that Christ is the image of that God that we cannot see. He is the full expression of the man of Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. He is the full expression of that man. The man whom Adam was supposed to be that he never succeeded in becoming, Jesus is the full expression, the full becoming of that image. So he expresses God to us in the form that, you know the Bible says, um, Adam the son of God exactly what Adam was supposed to be or what he was immediately after creation before the fall that is what Jesus is to us but not in a fallible state now in a perfect state Okay. so next we find that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation and this is this is technical because if he is the firstborn of all creation that is to say that Every other thing that comes next comes after him, but it's a little deeper than after him. Now, every other thing that comes next must come after his order, after his nature, after his temple. See, he now becomes the template. In fact, the word temple, that's where the word template is gotten from, because temple um, connotes the, the figure out of which the real template sorry template connotes the figure or the figurine out of which the temple is produced so when the bible says that your your body is the temple of the holy spirit it means that he he wants to make out of you in the same or make you in the same template with the christ so that as he dwelt in christ bodily he can dwell in you bodily <laughs> praise god so this is not difficult to understand he is the firstborn of all creation after him every other thing that comes that is going to take the order of man remember that he is the first man in god's description every other thing that happened before fell and it didn't really work out until christ came he fulfilled the man template so everything must follow after him in that order he is the firstborn of all creation and you now see the next line says that by him all things were created it now becomes simple to understand this for anyone who is just joining us we are talking about the preeminence of christ so every other creation that is going to follow after him must come in his order must come in his template he is a template of god in producing men okay so by him 
all things were created. He has become the template for all things on the earth, whether the thing is on the earth, whether the thing is visible, whether the thing is invisible, whether the thing is in heaven, whether it exists upon a throne, whether it has dominion over a territory, that is a principality, whether it's a ruler or it's an authority. See, everything was created through Christ. If that thing cannot come through the template of the Christ, that thing cannot belong to God. <laughs> we have to look for where else it belongs to. And everything was created for him. Remember that verse 13 tells us outrightly that the kingdom belongs to him. The kingdom belongs to him. The kingdom belongs to him. So everything that was created was created for him. This is very, very key. That if we don't belong to him, uh, 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 we are still falling short of the intentions of God. Okay? So he is before all things. That's the next thing we find in verse 17. And this is not just about um, um, him coming first. It is also about positioning, not just about uh, numeration, like number one, number two, number three, no. It also has to do with, in position, he comes first. Okay, so he comes, he is before all things. There is nothing we can place in context that can come before Christ. Praise God. So, Christ comes before all things. It is necessary that anyone who follows God, anyone who says I'm a Christian, should understand. There are some dynamics of this kingdom we cannot play with. He is before all things. He is before the money you have. He is before the free time you have. He is before the love you have found. He is before the knowledge you have. He is before all things. And the Bible says that He sustains all things. <laughs> In Him all things consist. Okay, um, um, New English translation says he is before he, he sustains all things. That is to say that in terms of bearings, everything finds their definition and their bearing from him. Angles of elevation and angles of depression are calculated from Christ in the realm of the spirit. There, there is no other center. There is no other center except from Christ. So you, you are in light when you define your positivity from Christ. You are in darkness when you define your negativity from Christ. He is the balance. Praise the Lord. And the Bible continues to say that the church is his body. And he is the head of his body. The church is his body. He is the head of that body. Okay? He is the beginning. He is the beginning. If you were opportuned to meet God at the before any other thing was created, you will see that you will meet Christ there. John 1 confirms that, that in the beginning was the word. Okay? And um, he goes on, of course you know that if he is the beginning, he also told us he is the author and the finisher. So he is the beginning and he is the end. By the time the whole world has been wiped away and everything has been destroyed and everything vanishes out, you will find Christ at the end of the day. He is going to be the inheritance of the righteous. Praise God. So, this God we are talking about, this Christ we are talking about, has a full 
a full occupancy of everything that anything that has definition the bible goes on to say that he is the firstborn from the dead now compare this with the firstborn of all creation remember the first thing when we talked when i talked about template verse 15 says he is the firstborn of all creation now <laughs> now verse 18 says he is the firstborn from the dead so he is not just the beginning he's also the end and this is 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 um is um imperative to explain the fact that anything that we resurrect from the dead he is the beginning of that resurrection so anything that will come out from the dead is going to come by his power and after his order and that is to say that anything that exists in height in depth in breadth in in persona he, he is the one who consists of that thing and makes it what it is so from beginning to the end from from the the uh, before the beginning itself and after the end i don't know how to make this more simpler he is the firstborn of all creation he is the firstborn from the dead he gives life to everything that lived and when everything is dead he will determine the things that will live again because he is the first resurrected one and he will he leads the order of the resurrected praise the lord this is the christ who we have come to know so intimately god looked at all of these characteristics and qualities you know factored into the christ and verse 19 says he it pleased god god found jesus perfect okay for those who are just joining us we're talking about the preeminence of christ god found jesus perfect that all fullness should dwell in him and so so of course we know there's a tripartite nature of god king james says um, uh, that the the fullness of the godhead should dwell bodily in him the fullness of the godhead should dwell bodily in him that's what contemporary english version says no standard english standard version pardon me says the fullness of the godhead is not just talking about god the father alone the godhead speaks about the trinity the triune and nature personae that is expressed in god fully dwells in christ bodily so as he walked upon the face of the earth he was a perfect combination of the father the son and the spirit we begin to see Christ as a different person entirely. The Christ that walked upon the earth was glory in human form. He was mystery in human form. Now, he was perfect enough that God found him worthy to carry the fullness of the Godhead, that is one. He was perfect enough that God found him worthy to become the conduit for reconciliation. The conduit, that's the wire through which reconciliation can flow from God the Father to man on the earth, the fallen man. So there was a wire, a, a conduit of reconciliation. And God said, by Christ, Christ is that connection, is that ladder, is that wire. By Christ, I will reconcile all things to myself. This is very wonderful because it's not just reconciling humans alone. No, he said he will reconcile all things whether things on earth or things in heaven do you understand so the chaos on the face of the earth where man is can be eaten by an evil beast it wasn't so in the beginning all things will be reconciled through christ and this is very wonderful god found him perfect enough that by his blood 
peace can be executed and installed upon the earth. And so he says that anyone who comes to Christ will make peace through his blood. So by the blood of Jesus, peace, peace is executed, is installed, is, is run like a program. I, I don't know how to explain this in the way it's pictured in my mind. You know, the Bible calls him the prince of peace. He can serve peace upon, a, upon troubled waters and calm them down with just one, one word from his mouth. He can deliver peace into the heart of men and just calm down the storm with one word of his mouth. And that reconciliation is by virtue of the blood. Do you begin to see who Christ really is? Because many times we mention his name and we don't know what we are talking about, who we are referring to. He is heavy. This kingdom belongs to his son. So anyone who comes into this kingdom is coming into the son. See, there is a difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is everywhere the realm, the, the strength of God can be felt. And of course, you know, it includes the earth, it includes every single place. But there's a place the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew, Matthew talked about it so well. He, he took time to, to explain about the kingdom of heaven. He, it, he quoted plenty of Jesus' references about the kingdom of heaven. In that kingdom, Jesus is the executor of the justices of it. God said that this kingdom belongs to my son. You can't enter this kingdom or get out of this kingdom without the son. It belongs to the son. He executes the justice in that kingdom. He is the governor of the realms of the kingdom. The height and breadth and depth of that kingdom is defined by Christ. He is the governor. Christ is the administrator of the purposes of God. Nothing can happen. Nothing can happen in heaven without Christ dictating it or saying, this was the power that Lucifer sought. And he said, I will exalt myself. But, but it, wasn't, it wasn't given to him. He is the administrator of the purposes, all the purposes of God. He is the center of that kingdom because from him everything finds their bearing. Secondly, he is the circumference of that kingdom. He is the wit and the external you know, uh, um, circumference of that kingdom. Everything is encumbered within Christ. The only channel to and through the Father, that is Christ the King. Nobody can go to God and nothing can come from God to you if it doesn't come through Christ. He is the occupant of the throne in Zion, in the sides of the north the city of the great king. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Lord was the addition that was made to him. If you can make reference to Philippians chapter 2, you'll find that in verse 11. Lord was not there initially. He was called Jesus by naming ceremony as introduced by the angel. He was called Christ, you know, by revelation when Peter understood that. But after his death and resurrection and ascension, he was coronated on the day that the Holy Ghost was released. And Paul tells us in Philippians that he is now Jesus Christ the Lord. So he says that every knee will bow before him. Knee anything in heaven and on earth, under the earth, every knee will bow before him. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. This is Jesus, the King of heaven. Praise the Lord. Jesus is a revelation of the divine order. 
Brethren, if you are going to know anything about the standards of God, if you are going to know anything about the patterns of God, then you need to get studying of Jesus. You need to start to study and understand who Jesus is. If you are going to, you must see Jesus in all the pages of the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. It doesn't matter who is writing it. Jesus is the center and the circumference of this kingdom. If it has to do with the kingdom and authority of God, it has to do with Jesus. Praise the Lord. He alone can reveal the standards and the patterns of God. The extent you understand Jesus reveals the order of heaven to you. That is the extent that the order of heaven can be revealed to you. And this is what we have been called to do. Not just to become Christians, but to follow after the order of heaven. To follow after the order of heaven. And Christ is circumference. Everything that is the beginning of that kingdom, the end of it, the center and the circumference. Everything that has to do with the kingdom of God subjects to him. This is just an exposition of who Christ is. Because many of us take him for granted. We call the name. We are used to it. We are used to church name. If, if you truly wrap yourself around who Jesus is, he is a mystery. We don't know him. How can one person be all these things we are describing? And I can tell you emphatically that the scripture is not a full description of who Jesus is. There is so much more about Jesus that is not recorded anywhere in the scripture. As you dig deep into him, you begin to know him. I'm going to call us to a place of consecration tonight. To say, Jesus, be my Lord and Master. Yes, you are already my Savior, but I need you to be my Lord. That is, that is the, 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 the next level, the higher place. You are already my Savior, but I need you to be my Lord. Be my Lord. You are the Lord in heaven and on earth. You are Lord all over the methods and all the principles of God. Be my Lord. And that is where we are going to wrap it up tonight. I want to appreciate everyone who comes. Like I said... The second and the third part is going to come next week and the upper week. We are talking about how does this preeminence affect me? First, we must take time to know the Christ and understand his method. First of all, know him. He is not a joker. Neither is he a name, you know, like Muhammad that you can just play with. He wasn't just a prophet that walked the earth. No. He is preeminent in all things. May God grant us understanding deeply in the name of Jesus. And to everyone who has joined us, I'd like to pray that, that the revelation of God will increase in you. If, you. if you weren't with us at the beginning, please try and stream it online as we, we give you the links and all that. May God help us. And the music you've heard at the background, if you were not here at the beginning, is um, He Reigned Forever, a very new song by one of our brother, Brother Jude, um, who goes by the name Jepraise. Um, you can find that song online. You can download it. It's called he, For He Reigneth Forever by J. Praise. Okay? And um, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to appreciate you for sticking with us. The preeminence of Christ. After now, you are going to begin to see Christ in everything. You are going to begin to see His hand over Corona. You are going to begin to see His hand shaking the kingdoms of the earth and arranging them back. Because, oh... When the Bible says that the earth was without form and void, have you asked yourself who scattered it? It was not the devil. The devil has no control on the earth. God is the one who made the heavens and the earth. And when it's time for him to recreate things, he comes back again and reshapes it. And so we are going to stop here tonight. May God bless us all. And um, I pray that the Spirit of God continues to minister to us as we keep moving on. Father, we bless you. We bless you. 
take over this world and speak to us more and more. Let your spirit, let your spirit increase your voice among us. Lord, hold it and amplify it in the name of Jesus. May your name be exalted, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the National Youth Fellowship of Living World Gospel Mission.